Welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Jeff. And this week, ya girls got our asses into an actual movie theater for the second time to watch a horror movie. And that movie stars uh friend of the pod uh oh yes and hockey <laughs> our dear dear pal Ethan our hockey. dear dear personal our- friend monica's our- besties with what steve martin and who's the other steve and martin short and yeah. martin yeah, short yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yes and they're, i they're, they're a matched set of course of i course. am besties with ethan hockey yeah of course and we're course. covering his new movie the black phone Amazing. yeah and this is a collaboration between Ethan Hockey and the same director, Scott Derrickson, who did Sinister. So y'all know I'm a Sinister girly. I do love Sinister. That makes sense. I was talking with my friend who I saw it with and we were like, why would, why did Ethan Hockey do this movie? He, there's not that much of him. Um, That's why. That's this movie collab. needed a little more Ethan Hockey, I think. Yeah. Okay. So again, because this movie is new, uh, for the people that have not seen it, uh-huh. uh, the black phone pause now. Is... <laughs> no, don't pause now. Let me tell you what it's about. And she's then telling you. She's I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. So the black phone is after being abducted by a child <laughs> killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone. Okay, this is actually like a whole spoiler. And again, okay, so if you've never seen it, pause right now before I finish this. Um, one, two, three. Okay, you had fair warning. From the killer's previous victims. Mm, so that's yeah, like in that's, the trailer. It's in the trailer. Oh, is it? I didn't watch yeah. anything to prepare. I just went to the theater. Yeah, it's like going into it. I was like, I know that a kid gets abducted and he is trying to get out with the help of the ghosts of the dead kids mm. who came before him. So that's what I, I need think going into it. That's a spoiler. I hate when trailers give too much away. Yeah. I guess what else would they say about this movie, though, other than Scary Man in Mask? Um, that's all you need. Like child abduction. It could have been just child sure, abduction sure, sure. and leave it at that. But, I mean, maybe they needed to well, introduce the paranormal element so people weren't like i came here for a strictly child abduction movie <laughs> what <laughs> is this paranormal i'm shit? only Get this here paranormal for shit out of here <laughs> Dear God. yeah i mean i think rebecca saw it like right when it came out and reported back that it was a period piece and that um was all i knew i think yeah she, she was, was like thrown I off that it was a period to piece present. yeah and then I was like, oh, okay, so there's no jump to present. That was the entirety of the information I had. 
I, that was probably my favorite part of the entire movie was the fact that it was set in the seventies. Um, mm. cause I forgot that. And then I dressed very seventies today. Cause I oh. literally saw this movie. I finished watching it. I got home an hour ago. So I just saw it really cutting it close so here. Fresh, so, um, recent so fresh. So fresh and so clean. Um, yeah. So haven't really fully had any thoughts about it. So this will be like fresh <laughs> off the dome, unfiltered. Um, that said, yeah, like the, the fashion was like probably the nicest part for me and the hairstyles. I think they did a really good job with the, like, you know, setting it in that setting. Sometimes the you do a half-ass job where you don't like, you're like, oh, what era is this? If you miss, if you close your eyes for the second one, it says July 18th. 1973 or whatever then you're fucked but this one it's like very very clear the fashion was on point I want every single one of the sisters outfits I was like I know she's a child Gwen is got the fashion on lock okay also she's the greatest character in this film Uh, (laughs) hands down but yeah it was sad (laughs) it was pretty depressing (laughs) super sad this movie, I didn't find scary, but it did make me very stressed, but yes. it did not make me more stressed than Top Gun Maverick. And I know this <laughs> because I wore my Apple watch uh, to both of them. And so it oh like my detected my heart rate and my heart rate had like crazy spikes during Top Gun and this one not as bad. I think oh. maybe that should be a regular segment going forward. You have to wear your Apple watch while you're watching what? the movies. And then you have to let us know comparatively how scary it was. Compared to Top Gun. I need yeah, you to take a screenshot. Top Gun Maverick. I don't know if I can because it was on Take a picture like, on your phone. Take a picture uh, on your phone of the watch. So can you, you save go back? the data? Can you go huh? back? Because I watched it like you're the one with the ago. watch. I don't, I don't know. One. Go into your health app. I think it's safe in your I'll health it app, out. and you I'll can check it out. it out on there. This will be a hilarious new segment here on Spooky Tuesday. <laughs> did it <laughs> week up to do more? Was, was I more stressed than Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> more or that is the that's the bar. That's the baseline. Top Gun Maverick. Look, Wait, Top okay, Maverick then I have to see did... Top Gun Maverick in oh, order have... to know. You have to go see Top Gun Maverick. It was incredible. This is a, and at some point we, I will make us do it on a, a fifth, right, a fifth oh Tuesday. God. Cause it was incredible. And I, it was incredible. That's all I'm going to say. Back okay. to Not the a Black Top Gun Bell. Maverick podcast. This is a Top Gun Maverick no podcast. No propaganda for Top Gun Maverick. Big, big news. We're rebranding to Top Gun <laughs> Maverick Tuesday. You guys thought that we Top were Top Gun Tuesday. Podcast. Guess what? <laughs> This is our third redo, our third makeover. <laughs> if you speak ill of Tom Cruise on this podcast, you're going to catch these hands. <laughs> Me, Tom Cruise. There's I'm a lot of things you could say about soon. Tom Yeah, I don't <laughs> We do have one listener, though, who is a firm Tom Cruise defender. Um, oh, yeah. And that's one of my 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 galleys out there um, who I've out. fought with on many occasions about. And I do, I'd like to post this to the listeners at some point. If you think that ADA uh, Rafael Barba from Law & Order SVU is hotter than Tom Cruise, let me know. Because um, that's the correct answer. <laughs> but if you don't agree, be, be quiet and keep it to yourself. This is a little spicy look into the types of DMs that we get here at Speaky <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> They're varied and, and we love all exciting. of them. We love them. Mm. 
most of them <laughs> we've gotten some weird ones but anyway okay the the cast of characters for this movie we've got the main character is finney played by mason thames and one thing i want to say about this movie i'm gonna have a lot of critiques for it but the kids are all really good they're like good at being little actors they're so okay. cute i love them great job kids <laughs> did you know that uh the kid actors um gwen her sister plays uh little nell in haunting of hill house on netflix <gasps> it's a horror family oh yeah that's cute that's, that's so I, cool i was like i love that like a family of little spooky queens Shouts out to Madeline McGraw and her sister that I don't know what her name is. Good Violet. Both. Lila? Aww. Violet. Oh, dude. Violet? Violet. Oh she also God. voiced Bonnie in Toy Story 4. Oh, my God. I know. Also, Madeline was on an episode of Criminal Minds. So, Criminal Minds Supremacy once again. I have not seen once her episode again. yet. again. <laughs> um, but, oh God. This movie's so sad. I'm sorry. I'm still sad. I'm just still reeling from it. Yeah. But I really like the way that it started out. Like, you're like, oh, I'm having fun. I'm in the 70s. It's baseball. It's summer. All these kids are cute. Like, I loved the little interaction between Bruce and Finney after Bruce, or excuse me, after, yeah, after Bruce gets a Bruce. home run, despite Finney's, you know, incredible pitching skills. He's a great little pitcher. Good for him. His arm um, is mint. His arm is mint. They got the vernacular down in this too. There are some incredible lines in this movie that I couldn't tell you because I couldn't write things down because I was in the movie theater. Um, but a lot of great use of expletives, I would say, by children, which I always love. Oh, I love kids cursing. It's truly one of my favorite things on the face of the planet. Uh, I like kids cursing. I did feel that um the movie relied really heavily on that as a gag um, yes, it did. and it was a little schlocky for me personally it felt very like we saw this over a decade ago with kick-ass when as it always comes back to chloe grace morris um when a young chloe grace morris was playing hit girl you know morris. what i mean and that was like chloe, grace, chloe grace morris, morris. we're gonna move on um we're gonna move forward and we're gonna pretend whatever was supposed to come out of my mouth is what came out of my mouth um and I don't know I just felt like it was not necessarily out of character or anything like that but it did feel like they were really relying on that to make you feel not terribly sad um, but oh, it did yeah, get laughed. But it did thank get God, I at least had that, or I would have just died in my seat with my Bloody sure. Mary in hand, you know? Yeah. Um, and the Bloody Mary didn't help at all to get me through this movie. It wasn't like a fun movie where I'm like, I'll have a drink and this will be fun. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> and now I I'm sad not... drinking a Bloody Mary. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not, that's not a good cocktail for when you're sad, I don't think. No, it's not. It's like a, it was. <laughs> You need something like when you're sad, maybe. Or, you I know, I mean, I wouldn't recommend drinking when you're sad, but we do sure, it. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> there are healthier coping mechanisms in the world, um, like seeing horror movies, but you really got to be careful which one. So, yeah, know. not the ones about child abduction. Not the ones about, and not just child abduction, child abuse. These kids are getting 
hit with the belt at home. Like we yeah. don't see Finny get belted, which is a fucking insane thing to include in this film because oh, I don't God, feel that it really yeah. added anything to this story at all. Um, other than there's this implication that if Finny got belted by the grabber, he'd know how to take it. But like, what the I thought like, the bullying at school was enough to cover that. I don't know. I thought well, it was so grim. There is so a lot grim. of like this. I wasn't expecting all of the violence, like the kids yeah. beating each other up, the parents hitting each other. I get it was the seventies. And like, I'm sure all of that actually happened in this you note. Know I mean, like to kids, mm-hmm. but like uh, Gwen's like belt scene went on so for so long. long. I was so like, mm, like why? Yeah. And then I, I hated that too, because then like, Okay, I'm I'm sure that this was on purpose, but like then poor Finney gets put under the the care of the grabber, and that's his weapon is the fucking belt. And it's the oh. same thing. So I'm like, what is this telling me? Like, oh, he was like like you were saying, Chelsea, like, oh, we'd know what to do. No, no. It's just like it's like the same weapon at home as here. So it's like, I don't know. Home I just, just thought just that as that bad was, as being a Yeah, I was like, just home, by, yeah. Just, yeah, that I was like, and is that what, what the their argument like, is? That's fucked up. Um, yeah, I think I read some articles about this because um, I went looking. I it was it's based on a short story, and I was really intrigued by, by that Stephen concept. King's son. Yes, Joe Hill, oh. Stephen King's son. Um, and actually, in the short story, it's a the grabber is a clown, not a magician. But then they were like Stephen King's son. It chapters one and two were not that long ago. It should probably not be a clown. Let's change it. But uh, and I did, did like the mask work that they did with this. So that was the mask yeah. work was great. Yeah. And there is a little like nod to Stephen King in this because uh at the end of the movie we see Gwen like riding her bike in a yellow rain jacket and red yeah. boots, mm-hmm. like Georgie from It. And that yeah. I think they did like it's like a direct nod to Stephen King. Yeah, oh, totally. and they IMDB trivia talked about how the hat that the grabber wears, his magician hat, is also very like rose in the hat from dr sleep which i haven't seen but i saw the trailer oh, so i recognize yeah. the visual i watched um, the beginning of that and then i fell asleep and apparently a kid gets kidnapped from after a yep. baseball game and that There's as well child abduction yeah. in so, that too you know. i saw that part um, and then i got dr sleep amazing you got um, chris <laughs> <laughs> what was i saying one second ago though um, um clown he was a clown uh, oh, the son of I the articles about it. Yeah, I was really intrigued oh, yeah. by the short story because, uh, spoiler, I didn't like the movie that much, but I was like, I bet this would be a slop and short story. I'll have to check it out. And I haven't read it yet because I didn't want to like confuse things too much. Um, but in a lot of the articles, the short story starts like right at Finney's abduction. Uh, and they kind of said if we had adapted it just from that, it'd be a 45 minute movie. So they like flesh out a lot of this stuff with the family story and with like, the school setup and stuff like that and some of the quotes talk about how um they really wanted to kind of focus on like the culture of abuse that existed to a degree in the 70s and in olden days when like not that it is ever okay to belt your child but it was more like socially acceptable at the time as a form of uh punishment and um whatever um but so they talked about that and they also talked about in one article um 
that the grabber comes from a like traumatic childhood as well, which is kind of implied by when he says like, oh, even when I was a kid and I was down here, the phone didn't work, which is very you, Joe Goldberg, when like he was kept in the glass box. Um, And so I think, yeah, I think in some ways that makes sense for the belt to be like the quote unquote weapon of choice for both of them. Because if that's the weapon of, childhood abuse and the grabber is a victim of childhood abuse who's like playing it out with his victims again but I just it felt um like there is no possible happy ending when you have a dad who's belting his kids and um, they're going home to that Chelsea he said sorry at the end of the movie he so what did. are you he talking sorry, about and he said and his he daughter cried. with the bad dreams could ask him a question okay so clearly he's rehabilitated oh yeah and he was definitely not drunk still when he was picking up his kids so he's cured of alcoholism too no right yeah it just made it super bleak I mean that said I'm really glad they added in some of the other parts that they added in because this this movie had like opened the door and they're like Finney's in the basement now and without all the fun little 70s precursors god (laughs) that would have been extra bleak um but that said, yeah, I, I just I hated the dad so much. There's nothing to like about him. And just I like that they had the like psychic family thing, but it was just so bleak because like the backstory is basically the mom also had these visions. And it seems that Finney and Gwen both have like the touch or whatever. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Gwen has these visions and Finney, I don't they don't really say exactly but some something has happened with him in the past my I I thought he was predisposed for it so I think my takeaway was Mm -hmm. because when Finney is captured um like the phone is there and you can hear the grabber kind of say like oh is it ringing and Finney doesn't hear anything and all this kind of stuff but when I think it's Bruce, he's like, has this happened all the time? And he's like, yeah, but you're the first person that can hear us. Mm. And they're like, the grabber can like, like he's like not open to it. So I he think- He doesn't want to believe or whatever. Yeah. So like, I think like that phone always rung and every time they pick up- And it was it always was a ghost Silent, ghost. but because Finney's mom and his sister have like a psychic ability. He's able to hear that. Hear them. Yeah. And so I think that phone has rung for every single boy, but he's the only one who can hear them. And the grabber says that it rang when he was younger too, which does imply maybe whatever traumatic childhood he had, like goes beyond just abuse and also possibly there's like a legacy of this to some degree. Mm-hmm. in the family although we see the brother and he's just coked out and otherwise but I mean I maybe like, there's a reason I like why he him. gets so yeah he, I mean he's fun yeah, um Scout, 70s couch detective <laughs> with what his little like uh it's always sunny in Philadelphia board like welcome yeah the crime um, board I mean, And if there's more to like what went on in their childhoods, it would make sense. Cause that's what I thought was really weird actually, is that like Max, the brother comes in from out of town and that's what's like complicating the grabber's relationship with Finney and why he can't do things exactly the way he wants to. Cause he has to like work around 
this obstacle and it's like okay why is the brother there but if the brother has like a vested interest in like child abductions or child kidnappings because of something from their own childhood Mm. and that's why he's like okay I have a brother in the area. Let me go stay with my brother and investigate because I'm emotionally invested. That makes a lot more sense to me, actually. Yeah, or I like the brother's that. just like a drug addict and needed a place to stay. And while he was there, he's like, I'm high on cocaine and I'm <laughs> super so invested in out. this. Yeah. yeah, like he's just so coked out. But it feels like he's been invested only for me. like a while, you know? And the and mm-hmm. the problems only arose if he had just gotten there because he didn't have that problem with Robin. <laughs> Robin. I love oh, Robin. Robin. I love Robin so much. Robin is that my Finney's boyfriend. I agree. Yes. I 100% agree. Robin There was is... some flirting with Bruce, but Robin was his boyfriend. Robin is his boyfriend 100%. Robin has the coolest fit in the game. His like Chelsea Duff cut off sleeves shirt tank top going down. Um, the Robin's bandana wrapped about it, wrapped around his head. He got, he got the flares going and he also like almost killed that kid. <laughs> he like almost that kid commits a child murder like right away. And he's he so badass. Huh? That kid swung first. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, there's always that part when there's fights in movies where it like, gets to like they're on the ground and one person's on top and they just never stop beating their face in. And just I'm just wailing. like, what, what could you maybe stop? <laughs> it's very sad and the bones are crunching. Um, but I did love that scene when Robin comes in while Finney's about to get his shit wrecked by three dweeby ass bullies um, in the bathroom. That part was very, the beginning was very um, let the right one in. Where he's like yes. running away, hiding in the bathroom, three bullies, a mysterious benefactor friend who's like, don't worry, I got you, baby. Um, <laughs> Yeah, totally. But he like comes in and he doesn't even like threaten them. He just washes the blood off of his hand. He's like, damn, that kid had sharp teeth. And I was like, oh, right. that's what I needed to say. They just needed so the reminder. Badass. Yeah. So badass. Amazing. <laughs> Incredible. Um, I love a badass fifth grader we stand yeah, robin is so grade? little how old is everyone in, These like, are little kids. yeah i was i was gonna guess like like wow. maybe like if i would say maybe like finney is in seventh grade and gwen is in like sixth grade and bruce is like a 10th grader maybe eighth or grade. Bruce like ninth was Bruce was 17? Bruce was 17. It said it on the thing, on the missing person, age 17. Okay, then they have to be older. older. So maybe he's in like- in ninth grade and she's in eighth grade. Yeah. Like Gwen's in eighth Hmm, grade. Right, so Finney could be like 14. Well, no, he said he was 13. The IMDb said a 13-year-old. Some people can be 13 in the ninth grade. That's true. Rare, but happens. I was 15, but that's I was 15. Maybe so it's my guess would be I don't know. Maybe it's not grade. like a high school. Maybe it's like a park uh, baseball team, not like a school baseball team. Because they they're were all sponsored the same... by the orthodontist or whatever. So true. Class, That's true. It's, it's, it it's like be, AYSO still... except for baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah, putting yeah. a thirteen-year-old up against a seventeen-year-old, like the physicality that's just his arm dumb. is like he mint. almost got him. That's that how you is know arm he's is really mint. That is true. <laughs> Oh man, I I did like 
the way that they introduced the grabber though like how they slowly gave you more details like just you see like blurred versions of him like as people start to get taken and then you like learn about the balloons and I was like what the fuck do the balloons have to do with anything and then when you find like Finny finally gets grabbed then you see like what he's doing using a fucking giant thing of a balloons just to smash them onto a kid's face like this what a weird <laughs> what a, it's like balloons make a lot of noise they're like rubbing all up together I don't know how squeaky <laughs> yeah they're really squeaky so I don't know how like this works like oh somebody people like if they see it they're like oh that guy's wrestling with some crazy balloons mm-hmm. no child somebody, under there as somebody who has a latex allergy those balloons are my enemy dangerous <laughs> would, danger would immediately be dead I wouldn't be scenario. dead I would just be very itchy oh that's as good as dead <laughs> Okay, also, Imagine being fun itchy fact. on top of everything else. Hungry on a what nasty a old mattress. A nightmare. <laughs> okay, but no also, pee-pee. fun fact, if we ever have any children listening to our podcast or people with children, tell your okay. children and children listen to this. No adult is ever going to ask a fucking child for help. Like, that was something that like I was That's taught, so like true. my parents would always say like, if an adult, unless it's an adult that you like is around us all the time. And you're like, no, know what I mean? Like if an adult asks you for help, say, no, sorry, I can't run away. Like no adult has any business asking you a child for help for any reason, for absolutely any reason. That's so, so true. That's actually very sound advice. So uh, I guess it was the seventies. So like nobody cared, but stranger danger didn't exist until the eighties. It just was there. It was really there. They didn't come up with the rhyme until later. So the messaging was just not where it was at. They didn't even have that rhyme yet. Oh my God. Here's the thing. If you you made it out in the seventies, you are one tough bitch. (laughs) Like kudos to all of our parents. They are survivors. seriously oh my god Um, well that's what one of the articles was saying it was saying how like you know this kind of did exist to a degree in the 70s and 80s as we see in the film this culture um and like kids disappearing and there was you know a lot of serial killers were kind of in that time and there's a lot of reasonings that people think of like why that was happening that phenomenon but the takeaway was also just that like those kids grew up and became parents and that's kind of where like helicopter parenting came in because there was like this kind of fear that anything could have happened at that time and they're like not my kid not my kid I'm gonna teach my kid nobody's gonna ask for help you know what I mean well that and also the 24-hour news cycle got everybody because like then they reported like every single minor like thing because it was 24 hours and they needed stories to like they needed content they needed content baby (laughs) all about the content okay all about the content I've always said um anyway (laughs) back to the movie um yeah I mean I think the build-up with the grabber was interesting because you get like the slightest glimpse when you think for a second maybe the movie's going to be about Bruce if you haven't seen any of the promotional materials um when you're like following Bruce and he's doing his like big man ride through the neighborhood and there's girlies being like all the girls are like 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame them. Bruce is dream. He's got the dreamy hair. Okay. He, he got it game. going on. He just hit a home run. Okay. He's the guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, he didn't get to really soak in that uh, triumph for very long. He sure did get kidnapped fast. Um, <laughs> he sure did. The way the grabbers going through these kids, there's like no time passing hardly at all between Bruce getting grabbed, Robin getting grabbed, Finney getting grabbed. No, it's so true. I was just thinking that he's like just firing through him. But I guess that's because like what his ritual is like, unless you're receiving guidance from the other side, like the natural idea when the captor leaves the door open is to go upstairs and try to escape. And I think that once, once, you know, you play into his fucking goddamn it, Sydney. (laughs) It always comes back to finding Nemo. We learned that with Final Destination 2. I did that post on social. By the way, I was not expecting there to be that many parallels in that scene. That was shocking. I was shocked when I went. Couldn't help myself. (laughs) A clear reference. The there clear, was yes, part yes. Of that scene the fact that, that Finny was, was trying fart. to escape is a clear reference. <laughs> anyway, oh my god, just like Nemo, Finny was also just like escape. Nemo. Oh my fucking god. Well, okay, the dark thing I was about to say is mm-hmm. like the natural inclination is like the doors open. This is my chance to escape. Yeah. So like probably all these kids got knocked off way fucking faster than Finny because they didn't have a dead baby telling them on the phone not to go up the stairs. Cause I guess like, as soon as you play into his naughty boy game, which is so fucking disgusting. Oh my God. The second they said naughty boy, it was game over for me. I was out emotionally. But yeah, I guess once you're a naughty boy, you're a dead boy immediately afterwards because he's fucking speeding through these kids. It's horrible. It's horrifying. Once they started showing the kids, because at first you're just hearing a disembodied voice, you know, and you're like, ooh, Mm -hmm. spooky. And then all of a sudden you're seeing all these kids and they're like corpses and they're bleeding. What the fuck was the one who was flying in the air and right? his blood was dripping out of his neck? How come that one can fly? Why was that happening? Spooky. Okay, here's the one thing. This director, because again, he also directed Sinister, loves a good ghost kid. He loves a kid yes. bent over backwards. He loves yes, a kid he does. who's doing a backbend. He loves gymnasts. What happened to him in his childhood gymnastics class? What happens there? What gymnast hurt you, Scott Derek Sin? Derek Sin? <laughs> Derek Sin. There we go. There we go. Okay. Another thing that I wanted to point out, which I I was a fucking genius, but like jury's out. Um, if you would, ladies, Google sinister poster. Um, you will see an image. The image for those listening at home is some spooky lady. And she's walking, dragging her arm against a gray wall and leaving a big bloodline behind her. And then the blood is coming down. Oh, it's the and daughter. you can see Gabagool's face, <laughs> aka Bagool's face. He's the spooky, spooky guy from Sinister. The bloodline there looks like the rust line in the house, in the basement where 
little Finny is being held captive. And in my mind, it's a clear reference and it was intentional though. It is very, tenuous visual, uh, indicator, but I was like, oh yeah, that's a sinister reference. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 As I sipped on my Bloody Mary, <laughs> I felt like a genius. So it's okay. You can clap. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but God damn it. This movie's so sad. There's so many sad things that happen. All yeah. of the kids though had cool hair. Maybe that's the thing that gets that gets uh the grabber grabbing. Yeah. He's like, who's the kid with the coolest hair? I'm Vance. gonna snatch him. Huh? Vance. All out of all the dead kids, Vance to me had the coolest hair. Robin was second. Vance, Vance was the uh the paper boy, right? No, Vance no, was the Vance was bad the boy. One at Seven Eleven. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. The one who was basically uh what's doing his a murder. Name? Yeah. No, he he it was exactly the same character as uh, what's Henry his name from Henry Stranger Bauer. Things. Oh, Billy. Billy, thank you. I was oh. gonna say Bobby. He was giving big Billy from Stranger Things vibes, like the aggression, the hair, the gene. Well, he was the giving me yeah. big. He was giving me big Henry Bowers from It vibes mm. too, like carving oh. in. So I think that's kind of Ugh. where he like his whole thing was. Yeah, like a seventies well, think- Henry Bowers. And St- Stephen King loves yeah. to, you know, and he passed it on to his child, I guess. Yeah. Um, I I just want to shout out to Paperboy though, because he had some hair that I never seen before. That was <laughs> I have no right? recollection of what it looked like. What did it look like? Oh, yeah, I don't remember. In like five directions. There's like that flashback when he's getting his papers together. Uh-huh. And his hair, and his it's like a swoop in the front. It swoops in the side. It's like kind of long in the back. There's like a lot of product happening and it looked beautiful. It even still sort of was still quaffed after he had been murdered and he was a spooky ghoul. So there was five <laughs> boys, him. right? There was Bruce was the first one and then Billy and then Griffin and then Vance and Robin, right? Is that sounds right. Bullies? I don't think they were calling in any particular order chronologically. No, no, no. no like but that? like those, yeah, were... Bruce and then Robin. Oh, yeah, did no. everybody in the middle. Well, but were, were there more murdered boys? Why um, were these like? Know what I mean? Like, I had he murdered no. more, or were those yeah, like I... all of them? I think those are had to be all of them. I didn't count the amount of bodies that were in the basement when they showed them all. Yeah, um, but there weren't more than six down there it's not a lot of space yeah I mean I think the whole complication with that is for him to have the for the grabber to have escalated to killing the boy is this fast and for it to be this ritualized already I would personally expect from my um criminal minds law and order etc experience that he would have started slower and then built up his pattern going faster over time I would expect there to be more boys you know what I mean because all those five were pretty recent um but this is a movie and they condensed so you know what are you gonna do the way that 
uh, Finney reacted to some of them, he was like shocked, you know, he was like, oh, wait, I remember you like that, you know, so I think it was like longer ago. I think there were people would have been more up in arms if it was every five days a boy was gone. I think like from Bruce, it like started to get more intense or like maybe Robin died so fast because he knew Max was coming to town or something. I don't know, but or maybe mm. or like I mean, there could be more time in between that we just don't see because of the movie, you know, like. Yeah. And also like a lot of ser serial killers like start with like other fuck shit before they graduate to sure. murder. So he could have been like killing a lot of cats in the years prior, you know, that. Yeah. Sort of thing. I, I wish the timeline was a little more or something. Yeah. Sydney, what did I read? I read some book where like they didn't figure out like how to no, I'm thinking of mind hunter. They didn't figure out how to like categorize someone as a serial killer and like study like um, you know, like all the criminal mind profiles shit that we until love. like profiles the, and until what, like late seventies, like, right? Yeah, it was like like around this, yeah, at least late seventies yeah. or early eighties is when they started to figure it out. So like this was would have been right when they started figuring it out. So it makes sense that they wouldn't have been able to put it together in time. And also the cops didn't have like any fucking leads at all. Oh, Except for Gwen. God. Except See? for Gwen and then <gasps> The they end. were doing so bad. And then at the end, they're like, and now to the cop who broke the case. Um, an eight-year-old broke the case. So why don't yeah. you get her out here? Are you telling me that Gwen's a cop now? Because she can do better. She's the cop that broke the case. <laughs> She's the psychic baby that the broke house. the case. They were at the house and they went, maybe you should tidy up. And they walked out because there was Coke all over the table. And then they went, anyway, that's a normal day for us. Um, and I mean, I don't think Coke users should be criminalized. I'm just saying, I think that they were not doing anything. Those cops, they were doing literally nothing. No, there'd been so many kids killed. That's a lot of fucking kids in a tiny little town. Oh my God. But I do, they did a good job pacing it emotionally. Like, obviously they're going to leave Robin to the last one because, you know, you're like hoping boyfriend. against hope that he's still alive, but he do be dead. And he taught him how to fight with the phone. Oh, Robin. He, okay. Here's the thing about the phone though. Um, I liked that each phone call with the kids gave him a little clue. And then at the end, all of the clues and all of the pieces came together to sort of imply, um, it's not that Finney is like special or different necessarily so much as he has the, the combined resources exactly. of all of them. Yeah. And they've each given him a tool. And once he has all of the tools and he needs every one of them, yeah, but I also like he was beating the shit out of the grabber with the phone stuffed with dirt. And it's like, okay, but you had the top of the toilet tank that you already had used as a bludgeoning weapon against the wall. And you had the great, and like, I liked how the great came into play. I thought that was good, but I just felt like there were already some good improvisable weapons on the scene at that point. I feel that. I feel that. But I, back to what you were saying before, I thought that that's nice too. Cause it's not like he's like better than them or smarter than them or yeah. whatever. Like he just like 
they couldn't it's really sad actually like they couldn't have gotten out they couldn't have gotten out without help and he's lucky enough to be in a position where he can accept the help because he's you know psychic or whatever um he's yeah. like young baby ghost whisperer sydney oh everything goes back to ghost whisperer <laughs> everything a clear reference for love hewitt <laughs> oh man it's fucking sad sad yeah I laughed, I did. but I and I didn't cry but I felt really bad <laughs> again this movie stressed me out like I think the most stressful part was when Finney actually is trot like the it, it's the third boy the second one that's like this is the combination lock it's the third one oh. they're like Two, three, he's, three, one, seven. He's a slave. What is it? 23, so three, mad. 17? He's, is it at first I was like, what is the difference? And then I was like, oh, spinning lock, not yeah. like the all the numbers in a yeah. line. That was a and good those, little complication. I thought that was fun. Those but, are hard enough as it is, right? even if you have the combination. So I was like, oh no. Oh God. But uh I can't believe one, the way the grabber sits on top of the stairs. Oh, oh, huh. I, I realized we never the man spreading. That I the said man, you out loud in the theater and my friend looked spreading. over at me. He's not absolutely right. not. So hairless also, which is fine to not have chest hair, but like there was something about it was it's chest very was gleaming okay. in the light. And I was like, oh, here's the thing. The Why? men in my family are rel- are like pretty hair, like body hairless. And there is something sinister about it. I will say. <laughs> I've always thought that about your dad, you know, my dad, my brother, all of my cousins. It's weird. Whenever okay. I see them shirtless. I'm always just like, sinister. It's not right here. Something's off. None Something's of y'all are getting off. my fun sinister joke. Okay. I'm getting your sinister I said joke. sinister once earlier. Well, Nobody's acknowledging it. I tried to, but the conversation <laughs> moved sinister. forward. You did a good job. Sydney. We'll do a props for Sydney too. Sydney. Thank you. I feel appreciated. Sydney. That's your new name. Sorry, on we the didn't. Pod. Yeah, sorry we didn't give you your full props previously. That's so Sydney. I'm so sorry. You, on this pod, you have to ask for them. That you so do. Sydney. You have to advocate for yourself. We should all practice now, and clap. advocate for ourselves. Clap for me. Clap for me. <laughs> um, also, but like he's like he's asleep now. This is the lock, and you know he's like trying, and you can like kind of see in the background, and he finally gets it, and then there's a fucking dog fuck that dog is scary it's probably you know been trained to be scary so yeah dog but like and then like he's outside and he's screaming and like lights are coming on and you're like what's gonna happen and then he just yeets him to the ground holds him and he's like i will end everything right now if you make one sound and then you just see all the lights go back off and you're just like uh and then so devastating i was like scream like immediately but you know like you get there's so much going through your mind in that moment i can't well we'll never have to imagine hopefully um but like god right Right? like like, run up to these houses and like slam on the door or something then they can't ignore you but you know he's a small boy short little legs. right because like you never know how you're gonna react in a situation either like (sighs) <sighs> best laid plans you know 
go out the door when you have a knife to your neck from Ethan Hockey. Oh my God. From Ethan um, Hockey, Hockey of all people. I know. There oh, was okay. a fun little trivia, um, IMDb trivia that was like, it's an Easter egg that Ethan Hockey plays the grabber because his daughter, Maya Hockey, is in Stranger Things playing a character named Robin. And they didn't explain. And so I can only assume that they mean that there was also a character in this named Robin. Robin. Um, <laughs> But I love when people are out there doing the hard work to find the clear references. I love the clear and references. And alluding vaguely to them on IMDb trivia. Honestly, people that update IMDb, IMDb, IMDb trivia, braver than the Marines. They're oh doing the most God. important work there is. Uh, and then what's the other one? Is it Vance that tells him about the meat locker? No, I don't. Well, I don't know. I only know I think that Vance is involved in Gwynny's dream, dream showing the address. So there's like, is it the middle one of, I don't remember. So uh, Bruce doesn't really. Maybe it's the upside down kid who did the meat locker since he was kind of floating in that area. Bruce is the one that like sets like, hi, you can hear ghosts. And yeah, the, the, he, like, let me hole. lay down. Let me do some yeah. groundwork for you. He is the hole. So Bruce is the hole. Oh, the, the title. paper boy yeah. is the paper the grate, boy is right? the yeah, the the cable the underneath the, Cord, the yeah. wall that he uses to get the grate down. Um then the other one who I think is the floaty boy. Griffin. Griffin, he is the one who um has the the lock. What's it called? The lock. And then it's who's the scary guy Vance. who is Billy Vance. Then Vance is the one the who tells locker. you to beat the shit out of the wall. He's like, he's the rage one. He's the untitled yeah. rage one. So he beats the shit out of the wall and he's like, so ha ha. I made that asshole pay for all of the damages in the wall. Like, okay. <laughs> one win guy. He has to do home renovations. Yeah. <laughs> he had to go to the hardware store. He had to get fresh drywall. Do you want to know something that's really stupid that I wanted to tell you? Okay. Always. Yeah. The reason I Always. was quiet for a while after you said that IMDb trivia about Robin and the Grabber was, I was okay. like, there's definitely a Batman villain named the Grabber, isn't it? Isn't there? And I'm like, it's a Batman reference. There's not. <laughs> there's not. 100%. I was so sure. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I don't remember the Grabber from Batman. Anyway, I'll see myself out. <laughs> It sounds like it could be a Batman villain. I was so sure. <laughs> the Grabber is a great bad guy name, though. Like, mm-hmm. it's very spooky. It's Especially very spooky. for a child abductor. Exactly. Oh, yeah. The Grabber yeah. out here. There was one headline went for Robin that was like, the Grabber grabs again. And I was like, <laughs> it's a good headline. Great it's headline. Straightforward, yeah. <laughs> um, And then... So, yeah, like yeah. The, the meat thing was kind of, you know, like it has had a purpose, but like not a big one. Uh, that would have but, been a great way to, for him to get out if he could possibly have gotten through that lock, though. So, yes. Um, and then him just like sobbing after he has to come back because like the meat locker doesn't do anything is just like, mm. yeah. And then we get Robin. Being like, okay, like this is it. You got this, baby. You don't have any time. Like, we're gonna prepare. And Mm -hmm. 
He's like, don't make me die for nothing. I died to save you, my boyfriend. Love my of boyfriend. my life. Yeah, that's um, what he said. That was word for word. Word for word. I, I heard it. It's canon. I heard it. Canonically gay, baby. You can have a ghost boyfriend. He can talk to ghosts. You're telling me Robin can't continue to be his ghost boyfriend. I know you read the Mediator series. Here's the thing. If I Lucy know. Liu can fuck a ghost, they can if have Lucy a ghost boyfriend. If Lucy Liu can fuck a ghost. <laughs> Thank you. It needed to be said. They will have to break up at some point because Robin will stay that age forever and Finney will age. Um, but it's a cute little like year and a yeah. half romance, you know, like it's- He's going to need somebody on his side when he's at home with his abusive father. So Exactly. I, I love this, um, but I think that the way being a ghost works in this storyline, which I don't like, is that you forget everything about yourself pretty quickly after being dead. Um, um, so I feel like that might make things a little dark and depressing for their budding romance. And you, you might only argue... be able to talk to him through that spooky phone, which is a yeah. trauma device and a murder weapon at the end sure. of this film. You could argue that um, his unfinished business has been finished and he has closure and his body's been discovered and will hopefully soon be laid to rest properly blah 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 yeah. so you could it could be a happy ending for those ghosts um but it actually did remind me um I kind of thought the ghosts remind me actually did the ghosts come into play at the very end when he's escaping or not really right no the, they did keep we coming feel their a little bit they yeah. they they uh alerted Gwen to where the yeah. house was. And like that was a great moment. Her. That was really um, good. Oh, that but that moment did remind me of part of the mediator series. Um where there's like one kill in like book three or something like that where it's like all of the ghosts come back to get that mean guy if you Ooh, recall yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um and Sydney will up. get there whenever she's ready to start reading the series. She has them I've sent them to her twice now. Whenever yeah. you're ready Queen. Um no pressure. <laughs> um, great as audiobooks too just saying easy quick run through them if you're trying to if you're trying to meet your goodreads uh yearly challenge and you need like five books real quick in a week boom 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 boom, done adam Mm -hmm. i have to finish the ice planet barbarian series first and then i'll move on (laughs) yeah 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 no rush because these books are happy soon too (laughs) and 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 the mediator series arguably unfortunately it's a ya series it's a Sue's the main character very horny but the books are a little sexless overall um so it'll be a nice cool down for you after the ice planet barbarians I, I think. do not I honestly skip past all of the sex I'm there for the I, plot that's I'm why here you didn't tell me that, <laughs> that is well, I'm reading incredible. my slut books for plot I'm so sorry I can't wait can't wait till they cha- turn those books into movies and you fast forward through all the sex right scenes, like which will be the whole movie. <laughs> okay oh the my god ending anyway of this the movie. ending oh yes i my favorite thing is <laughs> here's the thing my favorite part of the, my favorite part of the ending is max figuring it out where he's like looking at his board and he's like oh my god our house is in the center of all of these he did just enough coke to reach the answer i know if you got that good good batch that opened the door for him here's the third eye i think the whole 
purpose of this movie is to tell us the viewer that if you do enough good cocaine you too can solve murder <laughs> you might get killed but you might also solve a murder his is fatal it flaw, you decide his fatal flaw was trying to get the kudos too soon when he had not secured mm. the bag the bag being finny yet exactly <laughs> Gotta secure the bag first, and then you say, I demand applause. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As somebody who has to demand their own applause on this podcast, we understand. Uh, (laughs) We understand. We figured out the correct order in which to do things. You gotta finish doing your thing before you ask for the applause. Stick the landing Um, then. Yeah. Um, But I felt like the CGI of him getting his head axed like pissed me off i don't know monica it was the 70s cgi wasn't great (laughs) (laughs) okay well you should be grateful for what you got (laughs) i don't want it to be cgi i want it to be practical so if this was a movie that was made in the 70s which is a very interesting argument to be making right now they put uh, it in it is set in the 70s honey today it's 2022 this was made in probably 2020 though or probably 2019 this has been on the shelf for a minute anyway well it was supposed to come out last year oh supposed to come out i don't think anything really filmed because like if you look online it says like 2021 for the movie that is true and there was some shifting because the directors were they I think you mentioned at some point that they did Doctor Strange um, and they were going to do the new Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness, that came out earlier this year, which Sam Raimi, uh, Evil Dead director, actually ended up doing. Um, so it's interesting that they always were kind of going for a horror bent for that one. Um, but, you know, schedules, etc., blah, blah, blah. And he ended up doing this instead. Um, yeah, which, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that movie's about magic. This movie's about magician and supernatural stuff. Everybody was playing in the same sandbox. Yeah, totally. We love I mean, to see that. We love to see pl- friends playing nicely with their toys. Yeah. One aspect that we touched on it really quickly that I really like the mask work in this, but I just yeah. thought it was really, really genius. Like at first his weird demon mask, like I love that the mouth part comes out and it switches and he can like wear it whatever way. But like at first he has like no mouth. Then he has like the horrifying smile. And then once it's naughty boy time, he has the frown when they first, when they first introduced the frowny face, I was like, that is so fucked up. (laughs) Like that really unsettled me deeply. How Um, much money do you think he paid for this mask and who made them is what I want to know. I guess the question is, is he a real working magician? Um, Because if so, trick, you know, um, that's true. We never saw his trick. Is he good? We need to know. The people need need to know. know. I'm going to assume that he was fine. Um, But I would bet that he could get that as like part of his craft work for his magician stuff. Probably. Yeah. Maybe he got a deal. Because it's that so many deal. different pieces. Maybe he carved it himself. That's oh, his hobby. He's an whittling. artiste. He's a whittler. That that makes sense with with him, honestly. Um, a whittler. <laughs> the one thing that really pissed me off about this movie, I was watching Ethan Hawkey's performance, and you know I love Ethan Hawkey. I love him. I thought he was very unsettling and good in this. But th- boy, is this a post the Joker movie. 
Like was I never his character informed by Joaquin Phoenix's performance of the Joker? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There are a lot of like similar things. I was like, I'm getting too many Joker vibes. There is a staircase. I haven't it's seen the not- Joker either. That's all I know. Oh, oh no. It's like the way that he acted it. Uh, listeners who watched it, tell me if you agree because no one here can <laughs> tell me if they agree I believe you Monica I'm sure thank you're right you. thank you this is a very astute astute it's a very astute <laughs> observation that I'm making um but you'll understand in time don't watch the Joker movie if you don't have to it's not I'm that it's just like... wait for the sequel that's a musical with Lady Gaga oh why is that a there thing? for that that oh, I will Lady watch Lady Gaga is going to do amazing Lady Gaga mm-hmm. I don't understand this pivot but also it sounds unhinged in just the way so that we funny. like so like yeah fine I'm here for okay it. sure all right you caught what my attention a musical <laughs> lady gaga the they joker said the joker was a very successful movie but it appealed to be a very specific demographic those people will come for a sequel no matter what we have to angle it towards all the people we missed out on last time let's make it a musical and let's cast lady gaga like one big critique I keep hearing about the Joker is that he didn't sing enough. It it's didn't a have enough problem. He didn't I sing did. nearly enough. I did yeah. see some jazz hands and a bunch of memes. So, mm. oh yeah, he does a little. There you go, he's a showman. So you know he's got the he's got the stage presence. You know. All right, I'm in. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Wait. Okay, we were talking about the end. Um, Wait, we were talking about the mask also because oh yeah, I, I thought like the- it, the, it was so good and so scary. But also, I thought it was great that it was so good and so scary because in a in a not post pandemic world, but post beginning of the pandemic world, just covering his mouth it with like a normal mask, which could have been scary in a movie previously, has been too normalized. You know what I mean? They had to mm-hmm. up the ante. They had to make it really scary, not just mysterious, covering his identity, but actively psychologically terrorizing you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that they they hit the nail on the head with that. <laughs> they did psychologically <laughs> terrorized. Also, in, in the like last fight scene, because um, he like is okay with exposing like the top of his face. He's okay with exposing both parts, just not one at a time. At the the same same time. time. Unless he's in spooky white powder makeup and no mask. And those big glasses. Which is what he wears to go buy a murder kit, basically. Sure. (laughs) Very interesting. Um, And also, well, I guess he just didn't, in the very end, like... um, Finney rips off his mask, his mouth mask. And so he has no mask on at all. And he like flips out and covers his face. Is it like at this point, he's worried that Finney will escape and describe his face or does he hate his face? Like he was like very upset. He like covered himself instead of like, you know, continuing to fight this child. I mean, I think you can make the argument that if he is reenacting some trauma from his childhood, which the filmmakers seem to suggest that he is, um, that perhaps it's a level of like dissociation from him as the villain instead of him as Mm. the victim. And so once you've taken away his ability to distance himself from being himself in that moment, it's like, oh no, now I have to reckon with what I've done and the fact that it's been me all along. True, okay. I, I can fuck with that. Um, I do love that in the end, the child 
violence wins the day and he straight up just chokes that motherfucker out you know he like Finny just snaps his <laughs> neck which is like can a child how? even do that physically with i don't understand how will. he snapped his neck like was it with the cord? i don't understand i don't need to know but i was like did i was like i just heard a crack I thought he was choking him out, but he he did some sort of like WWE shit that I don't understand. It was I gruesome. He had um, physics on his side potentially with Ethan Hockey being so much lower in the ground. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I'm not really sure. Ethan Hockey was like fairly debilitated by the the dirt phone smashing the broken ankle. I'm assuming. Um, and was just a little overwhelmed in that moment, which I think is why he didn't have like a better, even though he kind of still had his arms up to a degree. Um, he just like, he didn't have his best opportunity to fight back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the next snapping done fucked him up. Sure. It just, you know, again, everything came together. Um, Anthony had the righteous anger on his side and perhaps the strength of all the ghosts that came before him. I do like that all the little ghost boys get to say like a fuck you to him before he snaps their neck. I love that part. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. I love it because like it it goes ring, ring. And he's like, it's for you. And they're all like, fuck you, you fucking bitch. (laughs) That's right. There is that. We hate you. Except meaner thing. I don't know what they said. That must have been what I was thinking about earlier with the the mediator moment where I was like, remind me. It's also very, um, uh, which one is it? Which Harry Potter is the one where? Oh, four four, in the graveyard. The fourth one. Yeah. When When the ghosties come out of the wand. Yeah, the ghosties come out of the wand and they're like, we'll all go run over and attack Voldemort and then you run away. Yeah. That vibe. A little bit of that. But. We're not, we don't like Harry Potter. So, haha. Moving on. Well, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe wrote Harry Potter. So, we, yeah, Daniel, oh my God. My two friends in my group chat wrote Harry Potter. So, exactly. True. Our group chat is called The Authors of Harry Potter. I'm just saying it wouldn't be called that if it weren't true. No, I know. It's on the internet now. So, it's clearly true. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Um, and then we get a little bit of a happy ending where, oh my God, the dad, as we said, is cured of all of his ailments. And well, he's no longer no, 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 an alcoholic. No, 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 no. <laughs> we skipped a huge part. Uh, Gwen brings the cops to the house, but it's the other, it's like a, another house, but all the bodies of the boys are there. Yeah. And they're like freaking out because Finney isn't there. And Finney just like walks outside of this damn house, house across and the it's street. the house across the street. That was a exciting reveal. <laughs> Look at Finney's baby How's sister. How does have so many houses? The case. I just You're crazy. Feel maybe one was, that's actually a really good point. He must be a really talented, successful magician. Um, threw it all away to be a child murderer. Wow. He had so much promise. Um, so sad. But yeah, that, that is something the police could have been doing in their police work is like okay we know somebody presumably from the area if it keeps happening in this same area is abducting children why don't we look at property records oh there's two houses right across from each other owned by the same person and one of them is empty come on also, come like, on 
Max was making some points. Okay. Even though he was coked out, he was like, the house has to have a garage or some place to park a carport. So the car can be hidden and it's all around in this area. Like he was thinking good thoughts. Okay. He just was, you know, he be new. not in the position to present them to the police, I guess, in a way where they would he take him the seriously. Yeah. should have listened. I know. They said, we yeah, will not listen to a coked out adult, but we will absolutely take the word of an eight-year-old that has prophetic dreams. Amen. They're like, we're willing to try anything. Sure. We're yeah, desperate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, at this not point, desperate enough to trust the coke fiends, but that's fine. At this point, they're ready to do anything. And then I love that at the end, they're like, we're just going to make everything seem like it's super cool. Finney's got a new haircut now. Everybody is scared as as fuck of him because he killed a man uh, <laughs> and yeah uh call me finn he's done a rebrand he's not Finny wow. anymore. he's a big boy now because he's done a killing and he's finn now guess you what i'm name. confident now <laughs> now if that anything i have taken a life yeah i've snapped murderer's neck i'm my boyfriend told me that I can do anything and then I killed a man so guess what bitch and then I killed a man with my bare hands so yeah I can Finn is the name yeah sure <laughs> fair fair Good he earned it. He, can, he earned that he fucking earned it. he's been through enough <laughs> and Finn's a good name on him so good for him Mm-hmm. great job the end <laughs> yeah yeah I did hate the end when they just go back to the dad and I felt like we could have lost the abuse and just had this self-hating depression neglect you know what I mean not I we we should have lost the abuse I don't think it added yeah. anything it just to makes the story you feel unsafe with the ending I agree yes it makes you feel bad it makes you they, the dad could have been sad and could have been trying to like deny this in his child and been like don't do this without literally hitting her with a belt yeah he could have just screamed at her really scary and that still would have made me mad what if we don't favor realism too hard in a supernatural movie you know what I mean like there could be some allowances for abuse by way of neglect because the dad is so not taking care of himself and so distraught and in despair about the loss of his wife and so trying to make sure his children don't go down the same path without beating the shit out of them I just felt like um I hated it and I didn't like it and I didn't want it to be there (laughs) I'm, I'm with you I'm with you but isn't it great that we already have a canonic gay boyfriend, uh-huh. a canonic gay boyfriend. Okay. What am I saying? You I don't know. Exactly but how right. can be gay? It's already gay. There's flirting with Bruce. <laughs> they are boyfriends. Boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably Robin is the muscle and Finn is the brains and together they're cutie poo tooties. Mm-hmm. Just little, little oh, yes. 1970s gay boys. Good for them. Oh. Okay, is their couple name Rinny? Robley? Where did the or uh Finn <laughs> Finn? Oh, I guess I was saying Finley. Finn Finny Robbie? Finn Finbin is cute. I also like Rinny because it sounds insane. Right. Um, and it's kind of hard to do. There's so few good Robney. ship names out there. Most of them kind of suck. You know what I mean? Robney. So 
Fin bin. Fin bin. Fin bin forever. Fin bin forever. Ugh. Fin bin. Yeah. I mean, who else? I, all the rest of the boys, you know, I can't take time to speculate. Yeah. Maybe Max. You I know, feel like Max all- could be a bisexual king. Chaotic bisexual for sure for Maxi Poo <laughs> over there. I was really afraid that, that all of the Ethan Hockey, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to do anything you won't like. Um, I was really afraid that, that was going to escalate to sexual abuse as well. And I'm very glad that it didn't. Uh, but I didn't like the specter of it. Overhead. Well, I think that was what it was mm, implied. Yeah. Like that was definitely implied. Know what yeah. I mean? Like if it, okay, that was yeah, implied. And I'm really glad they didn't actually show okay. it, but I think that that would have been part of something. It was they were definitely trying implied. to make you afraid of it. He was at watching least. him sleep. And it's abduction. He was and, watching him yeah. sleep. Yeah. Ugh. And the Ugh. fact that he was like shirtless Ugh. up there waiting for them. I don't know. Belt it was and we know why his belt was off, but let's not pretend that doesn't have implications of its own as well. Oh God, this fucking movie. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I knew it was I knew it was about child abduction, mm-hmm. you know, going in. But I was like, you know. Sinister was horrifying about the whole families being slaughtered, but I don't know. The re- Sinister was also su- super fucked up and disturbing, but it was so scary yeah. like that. It was like worth yeah. it. This one wasn't like scary enough, so it wasn't worth it. I'm skipping ahead. Sure, but anyway, sure, sure. I'm just having this thought happen right now. Anyway, who is the dumb bitch? It's Ethan Hawkey. <laughs> Wait, where's Matthew Lillard? Wow. The one time I skipped, I got yelled at. So let's just get on the record. Sometimes we all make mistakes. And here's the thing. The correct answer is Matthew Lillard is Max. Yeah, he would be. That's the only correct answer. He would be a spectacular Mm -hmm. Max. And I feel like he's Max. And Ethan Hawkey could play fun brothers. I think that would be fun for them. That would be really fun. They have more similar hair colors too. I think they could pull it off. That makes sense. Ah. Similar build okay. to a degree. Well, I'm sorry that I skipped Matthew Lillard. I'm always thinking about him. That's but okay. I just wanted I to say you. that Ethan Hawkey is the dumb bitch in this because I'm mad at him for being a horrible, gross pervert. Yeah. A shiny chested pervert. <laughs> With a cool Police mask. deserve a nomination. The grabber ultimately is dumb bitch. If you are the victim of abuse, have you considered not perpetuating it? You know what I mean? Like we can all be the one to break the cycle. Yeah. Let's just not abduct kids. I don't know. This is just, this is the, this is the hill I'll die on. Let's not abduct kids. I think that's a good hill to die on. I think you made a great choice of hill. And finally, I was like, (laughs) this one seems, I don't think I'll go back on this, This you know? Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. Um, yeah, you you picked a good hill. Um, so but yeah, much. he's for sure the dumb bitch. Um, so dumb. And then that brings us to our knives out of fives. I think people are liking this, right? I was shocked when I looked at the IMDb and the Rotten Tomatoes ratings because I saw this movie in the theaters and that first scare when they first reveal the the dead kid the second boy everybody in the theater jumped and I went okay now I'm interested because I was like kind of bored before I was like I'm not really having fun I'm not really scared and then we got like that one scare and then there were some like spooky moments but not really like 
scary yeah. necessarily you know what I mean I yeah it was very underwhelmed I was pissed personally. off too because like y'all didn't watch the advertisements for this but I did um because like I added this to our letterbox love a trailer uh, our, our oh. letterbox upcoming horror films were dying to see list yeah we have very <laughs> exciting lists I don't even know if you oh. guys know we have that list but we do and I update it <laughs> well, I, I had not. the black code on there my heart, for like maybe. six months um <laughs> Okay. I thought it was going to come up. Oh my God. Sorry. The Ooh, ad for yikes. this movie is playing on IMDb and it just scared me. So like, I guess the ad is scarier, sure. but in the advertisements, sure. not all of them, but like more of the Addy ones, not the trailers. They're like, audiences are shitting themselves. Like they're they're They did that thing. They brought back <laughs> the thing that I love where they do the like, um, night vision camera in the theater. Uh, shows the the audience fun. being like, Oh, Oh, oh. that must've been literally just that one moment. Yeah, which so I was like, oh my God. They're like, people are absolutely terrified and they're losing their minds. Like, that's not a direct quote, but that's what they made it seem like. Like some girl was like, this is the scariest movie I've seen in a long time. Like they they had like audience interact, like shit like that. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be really scary. This is going to fuck me up like Sinister fucked me up. And like, yeah, I feel fucked up right now, but like in a sad, bad kind of way. <laughs> I do feel fucked up, but yeah. not in a scary, fun movie yeah. way. <laughs> but anyway, what are the bad, bad? Um, what does the what are the numbers? Oh God. Um, on IMDb, this movie has a seven point three out of ten, and then on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has eighty three percent fresh from critics and eighty nine percent fresh from audiences which just really was not what I was expecting. Here's my thing though. I liked this Good, movie. I'm glad. Okay. Say more words. Like I'm giving it, I'm giving a four okay. out of five. Um, I loved the aesthetic. It's like, it's an original horror movie. So it's not like even, it's like based off a short story, but it's original. It's not like a remake. It's not a stuff and like, I like that they took, I thought Ethan Hawkey was really great. I love that this was like out of the norm for him. I would have liked him in the film more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Though, being fucking terrifying. Um, the kids were great. Um, it wasn't scary, but it did make me very stressed. Like I was stressed the whole time i'm not, not as stressed, stressed as top, top gun but top gun i was only but top gun i was only stressed for like a certain part where this i was like stressed pretty like cons- like consistent okay. so your numbers could have been spiking your stress level uh, was consistently elevated but yeah no your numbers could have been spiking in top gun because of miles teller too you know <laughs> it was not miles teller Oh, interesting. He did that. Right. That's <laughs> what I heard with the mustache? from a lot of people. I saw one picture with the mustache. With I was mustache. like, do I need to change my mind about Miles Teller? And the answer, I think, is still no. But I haven't seen the movie, so. My answer was no. I was more surprised at how attracted I was to Tom Cruise, which is something that I But are you more attracted to 88 Raphael Barba? Um, <laughs> okay. I'll have to back. think about it. No pressure. Um, There's a right answer. Because I need you to watch this specific yeah, yeah. Top Gun Maverick movie and then <laughs> okay, we can okay, have okay. this discussion. Uh, we'll both come back um, to the table fully informed. Like Sinister was a lot more scarier okay. than this. 
Um, but I still liked this movie. Like I will probably rewatch this movie when it comes out on like wide release and I can like sit and like yeah. rewatch it again. Like, so I still had a good time with this movie. It wasn't scary, but I wasn't really expecting it to be like scary, yeah. you know? Sure. But I liked it. And I, like, so I had a good time with okay. this movie. Like more than I <laughs> thought that I would, because I saw like a bunch of like mixed reviews. So I was like, mm, I don't know. See, yeah. I saw a lot of rating was- reviews ahead of time. So I think probably my expectations were too high going in. Um, yeah, I had pretty low expectations. Interesting. Yeah. But also I, it was sad. Like this movie, like was a lot more like Mm -hmm. than I was expecting, but I still had a good time. Interesting. 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 Yeah. I, like I said, I saw a lot of people post some really positive tweets about this. And so I was like, oh, everybody's liking it. It's really good. I'm so excited. We're doing a movie that's in theaters that everybody's raving about. And then I was disappointed. Um, I just felt like it wasn't fun, really. I felt like it would have been a really good short story. So I'm curious to read it. Although I read the first paragraph and I wasn't thrilled by that because they're doing the whole thing where it's like the villain is a big fat ugly fat guy and it's like all right um very classic fat phobia uh john yeah yeah sure um and that was very much one of the influences for the short story creation um especially with the clown thing too um but anyway i felt like it could be a really compelling short story yeah, it could be a really compelling short story to read, um, possibly more than it made as an adaptation on screen where so much of it is you're like waiting for plot exposition over the phone. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't necessarily translate mm. in a super exciting way to a visual medium. So true. Um, and I felt like a lot of it was like, you know, that thing where it's like, it's hard to be like, that felt convenient in a movie because it's like, well, they wouldn't make a movie about the moment that nothing happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've we've talked through like, okay, why is the brother there? Why is he so invested? Like, why is the grabber doing this? Blah, blah, blah. In ways that made me feel much more positively towards the choices that the story made. Um, and so I will be bumping up my rating a little bit. But for me, it was like a like a 2.75. Like it was not quite a three, which I would say is middle of the road. I just was like, it was a little too schlocky, a little too like heavy. I didn't think the script was very good, essentially. I thought there was some real potential, but that the script just didn't really like rise to the occasion. I totally feel you. Do you think this would be a good tv show i couldn't sit through eight hours about kids being murdered i mean i could i guess but i, I don't know talk to me in a couple I think weeks you do like a five episode mini series or something you know what i mean one for each like phone call or you could do more phone calls with the individual kids like and that way it's backstory. not so yeah and it's not so heavy-handed with the here's the information that you need to have and i'm giving it to you right away goodbye um could, like, they could like parse like, it out a little more I'd like a seven 
episode one for each of the boys one for the grabber and like a finale because yeah. i want to mm. know like okay that could what be is back like good. i want to know more about his backstory and yeah. like, each one can be like a phone call and then we see like more of more the, of the boys flashbacks life yeah. instead of just and that more one flashbacks right and like you know less of like less violence and more backstory would be a good like mini and then episode like you care about it. each of the boys more because you'd know more about them yeah. you'd have information about who they were before besides like you know five seconds that you're shown except you do get like a we that's that a really good like, idea like montage like, of bruce's life as he grows up we get to see more more about Gwen and Finney's mom being psychic and like yeah. more about her abilities and stuff like that. So I think it like, it could like be what, a really what good, was like, the dad like before, you know what I mean? So maybe right? we're rooting like, for him to be better, better at the yeah. end and that he's made changes and that he's realizing, oh, in an effort to protect my children, I was hurting my children, but I can change and protect them and be the father they deserve, etc. That's a, I think you're onto something. Yeah, no. Okay. They you hire convinced you. me. You convinced me, Sydney. That's it. Hire me, HB, because it would be great HBO. HBO, hire me. Netflix, hire me. I've got ideas. She's the idea girl. Um, that's it. Ethan Hawkey still they plays the grabber. They could even do it on AMC. Yeah. Where do they have this oh, sinner? Yeah. What show FX. does this sinner? FX. FX. Interesting. And then we can have Matthew Lillard play Max in the TV show. It's brilliant. There we go. That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, That's okay, that me. maybe for your um, TV adaptation, I'd give it a higher rating. But for this movie, I'm only giving it a three. <laughs> I had really high expectations for this um, because they all they did was market it to me as like this amazing follow-up after Sinister, blah, 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 blah. Sinister is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. So like this has can't hold a fucking candle to it. You know, it wasn't going to be the same thing. But also I have higher expectations this year for horror movies. This year, we're getting banger after fucking banger. We've had like a blessed year. And it's probably because I was talking to my friend Hawk when we were watching this. And he was like, oh, it's because like there's a backlog of movies that were delayed during the pandemic. So I don't know. It's making me a fancy bitch now. I had higher expectations and it didn't meet them. It just made me feel sad. I saw this as a matinee. So I was like, oh, I'm in the middle of the day. I'm missing the sunshine to see all these dead fucking kids. Um, I I still think they fucking nailed the setting. The costuming was amazing. The mask work was incredible. All those kids are amazing. I can't wait to see what they go on to do. I hope this is like a launching pad a la um, it for like a bunch of child actors and they do more horror stuff because all those it kids have gone on to do more horror stuff and it's all been pretty fun um and I think you know good for them you know I like I I liked a lot of it but I just overall the story made me sad and it wasn't as vindicating because at the end of the day even when you win all those kids are still dead you know (laughs) so yeah um it's just sad it's just sad sorry um, I like a little, a little horror where everyone's dying, but I go, ha ha too. And there's a little bit of a laugh <laughs> and you can't laugh as much when there's dead kids, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm the still only la- it. The, I did like that Gwen called them motherfucking fart knockers yes. or whatever it was. That was a good you dig. Fart knockers. 
we got yeah. a we got a cunt thrown in there. It was great. It was fantastic. A lot of swearing. But that was the only comic relief. That was was it. a little kid saying bad words. Exactly. So they could have had. I don't know where the laughs would have come in, but it was just a nonstop sad fest. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. And that's the black phone. But Sydney, <laughs> don't we have something exciting coming next week that is less sad? <laughs> so next week, uh, we are pre-gaming shark week yeah y'all uh and we're covering an absolute banger of a classic because uh fun fact uh one of my ex-boyfriends reached out to me and was like when are you gonna do my favorite movie and I was like bet uh right the fuck now so we're gonna be covering Jaws in honor of shark week that is coming up I do want to be clear on the record um ex-boyfriends should not feel free to reach out and request movies but this one got lucky he got very lucky he's lucky that his favorite movie is jaws Jaws. and that it is shark week coming up yeah so the timing was right you know um but yeah i mean you remember last week we or last week last year last summer we did sharky twos weeks an incredible easy to understand hashtag it's sharky (laughs) Two weeks, or wait, what is it actually? Am I correct? When I'm wrong, weeks, weeks. like Tuesday, but we say weeks. Sharky two week and Shark two weeks. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there we go. Now it's just Sharky Tuesday. Sharky two weeks. Sharky two weeks. Sharky two weeks. But this one is a little easier because it's just one week. So I thought of saying the hashtag be should be Sharky one week which is literally terrible and then sydney was like why not just sharky tuesday you fucking idiot so that's the hashtag we got sharky tuesday Tuesday next week coming to your ears next week sharky tuesday you know if you want to call it sharky one week that's also terrible oh my god okay so um you know we had fun even though we're talking about many children being murdered don't we have fun together why not give us five stars yeah we're laughing and having a good time i just want to say last week we i i asked you to do some creative writing and then chelsea pointed you in the perfect direction to do a haiku and one of you did it (laughs) whoever wrote an egan an ethan hockey haiku I said this once before, and I will say this again. You are my new best friend, and I love you. It is absolutely bestie. Your What's up? It is incredible, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it really quickly. Just hold on one second. The, this this is a five star review from EKT written on Spooky Tuesday's Apple Podcast page. Um, it's titled Haiku, and it goes like this: Ethan Hockey, yes. Ethan Hawk, oh no no no. Maya Hockey good they're right they're right go off go off you don't even have to ask for your applause you just get it oh my god i was moved to tears i wow it was beautiful and what is it called monica it's just called haiku no 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 what what is this phenomenon called moving forward oh my god haiku review hashtag haiku (laughs) review (laughs) 
Please leave us more haiku. Five star haiku, haiku review. Five star haiku review. Five star haiku review. It's easy. Okay. Haikus. I can't, what is it? Five, seven, five. Easy. Yeah. And you could write one about whatever movie we're doing this week, what we're doing next week, what we've done in the past, anything, a haiku. Write one about each exactly. of us. I would love that. Oh my God. I would love a haiku about myself. TBH. Right, I will. But like, also, I would I'll maybe tattoo that on my body. First. Yeah. Well, whoever's his best. I would tattoo it on my body. It's a competition that? now. Fun fact. You versus me. Wow. Okay. Come on. This is listeners. Incentive. Let's go. Write a haiku. Like, write a haiku review about Sydney. Only positive. Um, for five star. Five stars. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> <me. laughs> it is a roast. She does have to get it tattooed. No. <laughs> And she'll get it tattoo, tattooed. I'm having a hard time speaking because I'm so excited about haikus. Um, but anyway, that made our year. Yeah. So thank you, EKT, my <laughs> hero. Um, and you can also rate us five. Like who says I won't get the Ethan hockey yeah, tattoo? Yeah, you might have to get both. I mean, TVH like that. It's really nice. It Incredible. Friendly. It was beautiful. Gorgeous, gorgeous work. Um, and then, you know, why not follow us on social media so you can see the process of Sydney getting the tattoo of your haiku <laughs> live <laughs> on Instagram live. I don't know if she'd do that, but um, we are at spooky underscore Tuesday on TikTok, Twitter and Instagram at spooky Tuesday pod on Facebook and Tumblr. And again, letterbox, it exists at spooky Tuesday. Follow us there and watch our singular video on YouTube. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye, spookies. You remember what I told you? This someday I should stand up for myself. Someday is today, Finn. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara, and our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg.